the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Proverbs, the first chapter, beginning with verse 20. Wisdom calls aloud in the street. 
she raises her voice in the public square. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. In the gateways of the city, she makes her speech. How long will you, simple ones, love your simple ways? That word simple in the Hebrew means one without moral direction and inclined to evil. No firm stand for righteousness. Come and go, drift with the circumstances. The writer of Proverbs says, How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. But since you rejected me when I called and no one gave heed when I stretched out my hand, since you ignored my advice and would not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they did not accept my advice, spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Proverbs, the first chapter, beginning in verse 22. Lord Jesus, I don't mean to be insulting. And please forgive me if I'm out of place for praying this, but Lord Jesus, where are you? Where are you? My heart cries out after you. My heart cries out after you, Jesus. You have wonderfully provided for me and carried me in your arms. That's not enough, Jesus. I come today to cry out to you for your people, for your church. Where, Lord, is the moving of your Holy Spirit to stop to stop the foolishness of the American church. Yes, you brought judgment and you vomited us out of our buildings and yet we have not repented. I don't hear of a great moving among the people in America crying out for where is our God and how long do we do this? And who is our God? 
Lord, I don't hear a crying out for the Holy Spirit in America. I hear pastors and prophets sometimes arrogantly saying, oh, just, just know that revival's coming. Well, Lord, that's not enough for me. I'm tired of hearing the empty words saying, watch, something great is happening. No, it's not. We're twice dead. Your church will never rise unless your Holy Spirit comes in great power. Lord, my heart is broken. I don't know how to express the depth of the agony of my heart. Do I dare come and pray for your people? A prayer meeting is held. There's lots of talk and maybe a couple prayers. But where is the heart of your people to cry out to you, to repent, to leave their wickedness, to leave behind the ways of the world and the flesh and the devil and come and just cry out before you? Lord, you said, they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Lord, let that not be the answer for the American church. Lord, I know your people. We have sinned against you. We have spurned your rebukes. We have gone on eating the fruit of our own ways. Jesus, these are your people. You died for us on Calvary. Have you forever forsaken us? Have you forever left the church in America? Lord, I know some will be angry because I even dare say such a thing. But Lord, I have to look at the reality of what's happening. I'm sick of the false praise and worship. I'm sick of the programs and the hype and the arrogance. I'm sick of seeing pastors stand in front of a congregation and laugh and joke and abuse their place in their arrogance. Lord, there has to be a change in the church, in us, in me where we will begin to move beyond our comfort place and begin to cry out to you in earnest. Lord, I don't bring any judgment today against your church or your people. They're your church. They're your people, not mine. They're your responsibility, not mine. Why have you said carry them? Why do you even say preach to them, Jesus? It seems like a, a hopeless, fruitless activity. When, oh Jesus, will you come to each person by the power of your spirit and pour out upon us a spirit of prayer and supplication that's real? 
Lord, when I read the stories of old days in revival, always they were accompanied by a spirit of prayer. And people would become disturbed in their spirits and begin to recognize their condition and they would begin to cry out to you. I don't see any of that happening in America. Lord, I may be blind. All I can come to you is come and say what I see and hear. Lord, when will this change? If all of these prophets were right, and there's a great revival coming upon us, as one man said, open your eyes. Don't you see it? It's coming. It's here now. No, it's not. Come on. I'm not blind. I'm not dumb. I'm not stupid. I can see with my eyes. I can hear with my ears. And there is just a bunch of noise and confusion and pretense. Lord, we're in such trouble in America. Lord, we're in such trouble in our churches. Will we ever be allowed to go back? And hold services again. Lord, I praise, I praise you for the little fellowship that gathers in my home. But Lord, even there, we've not learned how to cry out the way they did in the days of old. There seems to be a muzzle on our mouth, not just over our mouth, but, but in our spirits that blocks us from sincere crying out to you, weeping before you, calling upon your name. Lord, we're in such trouble. Lord, I would love to come today and just speak a comforting word to your people. We've had far too many comforting words. Lord, have you left us? Have you left the American church because of our simple ways? Because of our casualness before you? Lord, have you left the American church? And I cry out to you today. I beseech you for your mercy. can't speak about the American church the way the Apostle Paul spoke about the church at Colossae. He said they were holy. They were filled with the knowledge of your will. They lived a life worthy of your lordship. They bore fruit. Lord, when I read the story of Acts, your people were moving in power under your Holy Spirit, not just the apostles, but Lord, the deacons and the elders and the people in the church. Your spirit was moving with power. But Lord, today, the most highly esteemed pastors come and preach lies. 
They preach that we can't be righteous. We can't leave our sin. We're always caught. Oh, my Lord. I came to speak your word today. But, Lord, before I can speak it, I have to unburden my heart and say, Lord, where are you? Where are you? Lord, I desperately need you to come for me because I don't walk in the experience of the church in Acts. I never have. I have to be honest. I don't know of anyone else who is. Lord, even my beloved father in the faith, David Wilkerson, when I approached him on this subject, he said, Ray, I don't walk in it either. We just have to walk in the anointing we have. I said, I said, Brother David, that's not enough. He said, I know. I know. So, Lord, he's gone on to be with you. And my heart still grieves for him. I wish I could sit and pray with him now as I used to. But, Lord, my time will be up on the earth, too. And my brothers and sisters, they, too, will have to go to judgment. And, Lord, the church is not ready for judgment. we faced your judgment today I'm terrified of what that judgment would be for we have squandered your wealth we've disobeyed your word we've made up the traditions of man and we've walked in uncleanness Lord I need your Holy Spirit I'm so grateful for your kindness to me I'm so grateful for your carrying me in so many ways. But Lord, don't be angry with me. It's not enough. It's not enough for you to carry me. What about your people? What about the work of the gospel? What about the salvation of the lost? can't pretend that the book of Acts is our experience today, for it is not. But it's supposed to be. It's what you intended. Lord, please come. Lord, please come. Lord, I can't come before your people and pretend to be wise. I can't come and walk in some arrogant entertainment for them. I can't come and give them nuggets of truth that they'll say, oh, wow, that's wonderful. Lord, I can't do it. There's got to be a total change. There's got to be a transition for us. 
totally out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's what Colossians, the first chapter, said. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm and not move from the hope held out in the gospel, Lord, we have not. We have not continued in your faith. Men have slipped in among us who taught heresies, who taught that we could not leave our sin. Man pleasers, men who tickled our ears with strategies for success and winning. We are not without blemish and we are not free of accusation. We've not walked in the hope held out in the gospel. Lord, please come. Please come. I will die if you don't come. I cannot continue without the presence of your Holy Spirit. I stand on Luke 11 where you said, if you ask and seek and knock, and you ask for the Holy Spirit, the Father will send him. I stand by faith on that. I ask you to bring about whatever is necessary in your church that you could pour out your Holy Spirit in revival power. Lord, whatever it takes, Lord God, whatever it takes. Whatever discipline it requires. Lord, your word says that there is a great mystery. And that mystery has been kept hidden for ages and generations. But now it is disclosed to the saints to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his truth, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Lord, our only hope in glory is that you will come and dwell in us. Lord, I'm lonely for you. My heart cries out for you. Thank you for the comfort that you've given to me. Your kindness to me has been so wonderful. I'm overcome by your kindness. But Lord, I'm still left desolate. Because your Holy Spirit has not come in power. And your people are wandering like sheep without a shepherd. Lord, I plead with you. Don't hide your face from your people. I plead with you, Jesus. Come and change us.
come and dwell in us. Make us fit habitations. Oh, Jesus, make us fit habitations for your presence and your power. Lord, to this end I labor. As Paul said, struggling with all of his energy, all of your energy, Jesus, which works so powerfully in the Apostle Paul. Lord, I'm struggling, I'm laboring that your energy and your power would come. Come, Lord Jesus, please. Turn your face toward your church and have pity upon us. For indeed, we have been blind and naked and miserable and haven't even been able to recognize it. We've been so full of the entertainment of the world and so full of our own agenda and our own pride, our own arrogance. Oh, Jesus, we have sinned so grievously against you in our dumbness, in our simple ways. Lord, I praise you for, for each person listening to the broadcast today who has utterly, totally, completely consecrated themselves to you. Lord, I thank you that there are those who are totally given over to you. But Lord, even those of us who are totally given to you, who are consecrated to you, are suffering because of the lack of your Holy Spirit's power and presence to save the lost and the dying. We too are are lost and struggling, trying to find a way to minister the gospel powerfully to the lost. Lord, I can't come to you and claim any worthiness of my own. I have none. I can't come and claim any wisdom of my own, for I have none. I can't come and claim that I deserve anything from you except judgment, but by your grace and your mercy and your righteousness. You've stripped off the old man. You've made me new. Now, Lord, where is the power of your Holy Spirit? And, Lord, many who are listening have not had the old man stripped off. They're still walking in rebellion and wickedness. Oh, Lord. I need you. I need you. We need you. America needs you. We need to see the flashing power of your mighty, majestic sword cutting through the wickedness of our age and revealing to us again the beauty of our risen Lord, humbling us before your throne. 
Lord, I ask that this be done in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I pray in your holy name. As you can tell by my prayer, I'm in a lot of discomfort. I was up early. I was up late. Praying. Living in the prayer closet. Living in the scriptures. My life has become totally narrowed down to scripture and prayer this broadcast ministering as the Lord allows me and my heart's broken let me read Colossians the second chapter I want you to know the Apostle Paul writes how much I'm struggling for you and for those in Laodicea, and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now listen to what he's crying out to the Lord about. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in the body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. I don't see that in the church today. I see confusion. I see false teachers. I see a lot of human flesh. And I don't see much that's firm or stable. He continues. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. read for you another passage. Keep your finger there in Colossians. This is Jude, the half-brother of Jesus. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once and for all entrusted to the saints for certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our sovereign Lord. They deny that the blood of Jesus can wash away your sins and make you righteous. They deny the power of the blood of Jesus. This is who he's writing about. Any person who says you cannot stop sinning has been taught by one of these men who have secretly slipped in among us and have taught the grace of God 
is a license for immorality, that you can't lose your salvation. Once you're saved, you're always saved. This is who Judah's writing about. Let me turn and read another passage. These men are blemishes at your love feast, eating with you without the slightest qualm. Shepherds. He's talking about pastors. Pastors who feed only themselves. They are clouds without rain blown along by the wind, autumn trees without fruit and uprooted, twice dead. They are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame, wandering stars from whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones, to judge everyone and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly acts they have done in the ungodly way. And all of them, the harsh words ungodly sinners spoken against him. These men are grumblers, fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. Dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ told. They said to you in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. Now what's so hard about this is that they pretend they have the spirit. They pretend they're okay, but they give license for sin. They feast among you, but they're wicked men, wicked women. But they tickle the ears of God's people, and they have led the church in America astray. And we've lost all sense of the desperate need for righteousness and for the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Listen again to Colossians. I'll begin with verse 9. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised in the putting off, in the separating from, in the absolute separation of the sinful nature. Don't tell me the sinful nature is still in every man who calls himself a Christian. Don't tell me that. It's a lie. In him you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature. If you have not put off the sinful nature, you are a make-believe follower of Jesus. You are not a Christian yet. Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him, 
through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us our sins and he canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us, that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. He took it away. Let's be clear. Verse 11, in him you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature. Not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with a circumcision done by Christ. get into this much more in depth in the third chapter and, and later. Let me put it to you this way. The sinful nature must be stripped off of us. The human nature is not necessarily evil. Adam's nature was not evil before the fall. Jesus came and redeemed man and woman. He comes in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and strips off from us that add-on that the devil placed on us of a sinful nature. And we are restored to righteousness by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. If the blood of Jesus Christ cannot redeem us, if it cannot break the bondage of sin, if the blood of Jesus is no better than that of bulls and goats, why are we Christians? We have a false hope if we think we're going to get to heaven and then we're going to find death stripped us of our wickedness. We of all men are most miserable if the blood of Jesus Christ cannot wash us and cleanse us. Right now, the Lord is hiding his face from the American church because of our simple ways, as I read in the book of Proverbs. Ways that are, that are not solid, that flow with the wind, that go with the waves, that go with the, the culture of our day. simple ways pastor wants to keep his congregants he wants to keep the cash flow he wants to keep pleasing people I've seen the tragedy of pastors righteous men of God who tried to preach a straight word to their church and they were fired Jonathan Edwards was one of those he preached sinners in the hands of an angry God and his church just yawned. And then when some of the teenagers became involved in sin and he, as was his custom, confronted that from the pulpit, their moneyed mommy and daddies called for his dismissal and he was dismissed. 
the one credited with the opening of the Holy Spirit in the third in the second great awakening, first great awakening. Preparing America to stand against the British. Had Jonathan Edwards not come, there wouldn't have been a great awakening in America. It was his preaching that turned the, the tide with sinners in the hands of an angry God. brother, my sister. Please don't be offended by what I've said today. It's been very straight. Please don't be offended by what I've prayed. But please seek the face of Jesus and ask him, where are you, Lord? Where are you, Holy Spirit of the living God? What needs to happen for you to restore us? What needs to happen for you to come and pour forth the power of your spirit for the salvation first of the church and then for the lost and dying? There are people that I want to invite to come and worship. But I can't because if they came and they worshiped with us, they would find a, a people not empowered by the Holy Spirit. Breaks my heart. I weep before God over this. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord, my Savior. Where are you? My heart pants after you, Jesus. My soul longs for you, Jesus. You come and meet me personally. I come into your presence and you're, you're so kind. You speak to me about the personal issues I deal with. But Lord, what about your church? What about your people? You're silent. Oh, don't tell me you're going to bring a revival. Just come. Don't give me dreams about a revival. Just come. In mighty power, come and redeem your people. Almighty God, we're in trouble. Your church is in trouble. And I know many have already turned off the broadcast because they don't want to hear a straight word like this. They want to hear pleasant things, interesting things, entertaining things. Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They're crucifying you afresh. God, almighty God, without your Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. You said in 
John 15. Without me, you can do nothing. Lord, I've proven that over and over through the years. You said to me, I will do more in one day than you could do in your whole lifetime. Lord, come and do it in one day. Lord, I'm just standing by faith. I'm hanging on by my fingernails that you will come and minister to your people, that you will not cast us aside, that you will not give us over in judgment to the devil. I come and stand by faith that your promises are true. Come and meet us. Mighty God. How can we stand? Lord, I'm not looking for things that have the appearance of righteousness or success. Lord, I'm looking for the direct presence and power of your Holy Spirit to take over the work of ministry and then allow us to cooperate with you for the salvation of the lost. For you are the Lord of the harvest. Lord, I just humble my heart before you and say, Jesus, I'm in such trouble. My success has been nothing. We can't do nothing without you, Jesus. Without your Holy Spirit, how can we convict the sinner of his position? Lord, I come with with empty hands. I come with a heart beseeching a mind searching. I need you, Jesus. And Lord, today I pray for those who are trapped in their own personal lives and their sin, who are trapped by fear and discouragement, who, who are hidden out. For those who say, yes, I, I want to serve Jesus, but I can't. Lord, would you come today with your release, with your power, with your love, your mercy. Oh, Lord, there are some who are in the bondage of sickness. And I know that your word says by your stripes we were healed. We are healed. Lord, I'm asking for your healing by the power of your spirit and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ to pour forth with healing today for my brothers and sisters, healing in their bodies, healing in their minds, healing in their marriages. Lord, some are so broken with the loss of loved ones they don't know how they can continue to live. 
so desperate. Lord, I say, please come. Yes, we need your power, but we also need your comfort. We need your love. We need your presence. Jesus, we need you. You said you would leave us a comforter, but now there is no comfort. I'm asking for the comforter. And I will not turn aside until he comes. Thank you, Lord. I pray in your mighty name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I know today is not the normal day. I know it's time for us to seek the Lord with all of our hearts. I know it's time. the fullness of Jesus Christ to dwell in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I know it's time to, to not be satisfied with the deadness of your heart or the heart of the church. I know it's time to cry out. It's time for a spirit of prayer to fall upon us. been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I feel like I've not made much progress. But I'm still on the journey and I will not turn back. I'm on my way to the celestial city and I want you to come with me. I want to thank those of you who have sacrificially given of your funds when I announced that we were so far short for the month of February, some of you stepped forward and sacrificially gave. I can't thank you enough. So February is paid. It's covered. We're now in a new month. And we're waiting on Jesus. seeking his face. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, I also would invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you watch on YouTube, please subscribe. And also click the like button. That makes a difference to Google in terms of how far they spread the opportunity for people to listen. About 30% of our new listeners come from Google. So you can help us with that. We're almost at the 500 mark for people who've subscribed. I pray we can quickly pass that. Would you subscribe today? And would you click the like button? 
also give online. Go to nationalprayerchapel.com and click on the upper right-hand corner. And you can give online. Thank you for those of you who so sacrificially have given. And also some of you have even paid the cost of giving online. Yes, there is an additional cost for giving online that they subtract from your donation. Thank you. I've been a a Christian all of my life, struggling to understand the gospel, struggling trying to find a way to follow Jesus. It's been a very difficult journey. It's been a very difficult journey because there's so much that is spoken that's not true. And I've had to read the scriptures. I don't believe in establishing what I believe by my experience. I don't let my experience be the judge of what's right or wrong. I just know the scriptures say in Acts that the Holy Spirit was poured out. And in John, that we can have the Holy Spirit I believe what the scripture says. I stand by faith for that coming of Jesus by the Spirit. God bless you, my brother, my sister. Pray. Ask for the gift of a spirit of prayer for God's people. God bless you. I love you all. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. of his glory with great joy I'm Chuck McDowell.